Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Romy Peterson is a dance teacher. However, with the first spate of xenophobic violence, when it broke out, she became involved in helping those most affected, and she hasn't stopped. Together with other concerned stakeholders, Africa Awake was established. One of her partners in Africa Wake is Gabriel Hurtis, a Rwandan national who has been actively involved in numerous social cohesion projects for many years between South Africa's between South Africa and foreign migrants. They both join me now to tell me more about this important event. Welcome, Gabriel. Welcome, Romy. Thank you. Thank you. Let's start off with the photograph of Mozambican national Ernest Nmabu, who was um, seen being burnt alive, pleading for his life. That was the image that kind of captured the horror of what was happening. What did this image and what was your involvement um Gabriel, from the beginning. Thank you for having me. Uh, Back in 2008, I was uh, uh, doing peace studies uh, at the University of uh, KwaZulu-Natal, and uh, I was staying in Yeovil, and I felt that uh, what is happening is actually an African and does not really represent what uh, uh, the spirit of South Africans that at least I have lived with. And I felt that in my community where I was in uh, in Yeovil, that the violence that was happening should uh, not really uh, happen, because in Yeovil at that time, maybe even now today, uh, the population is fifty-fifty foreigners and uh, and South Africans, and um, that's what actually made me and other people to to be involved. First, to secure the people, the lives, and the, uh, of the people in our community. But also we realized that it was a, a something that was happening on a national level. Then we had to be involved. Uh, we 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 went to the Star. We worked with the Star newspaper, and I'm surprised to hear you saying you are going to be speaking with uh, Kevin Ritchie. He was also one of the people who uh, worked with us at the time, and uh, we Amazing. did quite a lot of work uh, trying to bring people together and. Uh, uh, the Star was actually the leading newspaper that put the image of uh, that burning man on the on the map, and people got to know the this event through that uh, that picture. These pictures are really powerful. We mm. have to take our break now, but after the break, Romy, perhaps you can talk about a little bit uh, of the events that you will be taking sure. place. Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. This coming Thursday, at uh, 31st of May, at 56 Pym Studio in Newtown, will be the first event of Africa Awake. Um, Romy, do you want to tell me a little bit more about what will be happening? Sure. So this Thursday, we just felt it was very important that it was in the month of May that we commemorate this 10-year anniversary of the first big xenophobic attacks, as you said, in 2008. Um, Personally, for me, that image of Ernesto was... One of the things that just made me get up and do something because it was just so heart-wrenching. And uh, Africa Awake as a whole, my, one of our colleagues, Gabe and our colleagues, Charles, he actually made a documentary a couple of years later called Blood and Fire, which tells the story of Ernesto's life and death. Um, and we actually followed that up. It was followed up with a bit of a fundraiser that Gabriel organized through some students. And they were able to go with the help of the gift of the givers to Ernesto's village called Vuka in Mozambique and were able to build his family a, a better a house. They were, it's very rural there. 
they're extremely poor. And 10 years later, we just thought it was very important in the month of May to commemorate this 10-year anniversary and sort of look back at what's happened since and what's going to be happening. We decided to do it in quite a creative type of a way. So we're using the beautiful PIM studio, as you said, in Newtown, um, which is a lovely space and right in the heart of Joburg. We've got an artist, Mgumbozi, who used to work for The Independent as a cartoonist, who's got a lot of work that pertains to migrants and suits the theme. He's done an artwork for us. We've also got a special guest speaker, um, Nkululeko Saul, who's a Katlahong um, local South African who in 2015 started a local patrol with locals who patrolled the streets 24 hours a day to protect the foreign nationals living in, in Katlahong. For me personally, that was very inspirational and I think one of the best stories to ever come out of all the xenophobic attacks over the years. So we'll have him there as a speaker as well. And then, of course, we'll be screening Blood and Fire, the documentary about Ernesto. Um, we also have, very importantly, um, a pastor or a bishop from, from Ramaphosa that we're going to be working very closely with over the next year, um, where we'll be running a lot of workshops and dialogues and all sorts of things in Ramaphosa to try and bring healing to this community that still is very, very much remembering what happened and there's still a lot of tensions there between locals and foreigners and we feel it's a perfect opportunity 10 years later to go in there and really try and make a difference build some bridges um, hopefully eventually do a memorial some kind of memorial for Ernesto as well so yeah it sounds absolutely amazing and so important and you're right Romy in that the attacks started in 2008. They didn't start. That's when the first flare-up was. But there's probably been continuous attacks Absolutely. with occasional flare-ups since then. And, and um, Gabriel, you're saying you lived in Yeovil at the time where there's 50% maybe local, 50% migrants. And I just wondered, were you, what was the, were you scared? Not really. Yeah. I was not scared, but... Uh People told me not to really move for about two, three weeks. I wasn't uh, going outside of uh, Yeovil itself. In Within Yeovil, we could move, uh, but outside we could not. Then uh, we realized that we, we have to really do something about it. We cannot hear or watch on TV people dying. And remember people were calling us from all over the world asking us what's going on. It was the first time they ever see something like that. Uh, African on African. It must have been so frightening for families back home. And you think, especially for Mozambican families, Mm -hmm. seeing Mm -hmm. the images, Mm -hmm. the fear, knowing that they, they, it must have been horrendous. Mm. And today, what is your experience today? Well, today things have changed. Uh, um, The the, the, the anger and the sentiments against uh, uh, foreigners in South Africa are still there. And there are many reasons why people feel that they are left out uh, of uh, the development into, in the country and that they vent their anger on the next people that is uh, around. And and uh, it's, it's still scary and uh, we need to work together. That's why we're still doing this work. We're going to Ramaphosa to try to do something there. And we realize that they, they still realize that uh, they, they, they have not uh, gone forward they need to uh, come together, speak about the issue, don't bury the issue down because uh, the, the, the poverty is still in the area. And that's the reason why we realize that we, we have to work together. We must not uh, uh, keep quiet. And we, in the last 10 years, actually, the, the very same sentiments have gone across the world, you know. 
with the issue of Syria, with the issue of uh, the the migrants, uh, refugees in uh, in uh, in Europe and uh, in Libya, north uh, in, in Libya, and we realize that we cannot really keep quiet. It's it's something that is not actually going to stop. We have to manage it. We have to work through it, and see a better life for for at least the people, the local people. We must understand their sentiments and we must take into consideration what they are saying. And Rami, you mentioned, both of you have mentioned Ramaphosa because that's where it began and that's so incredibly poverty-stricken. What has the response by the Ramaphosa community been to this initiative? Well, uh, yeah, well, uh, I have to, uh, to come in again. Yesterday we were with uh, Bishop Denet from one of the uh, local churches in the area uh, he was, uh, after the interview that one of our colleagues, uh, Charles, uh, gave to him in that documentary, he really felt uh, that something needed to be done. And he he tried to call the community. He was telling us, actually, that uh, when uh, the next wave of uh, violence came, he was out there. He worked with the other uh, local church leaders, and uh, they, they stopped the, the violence. And then he says that it it has to be a continuous work. And that's why we are going to encourage him to do what he wants to do. And uh, he wants to erect a stone mm. or a memorial stone in the area so that people can come together whenever they pass that intersection where the man was killed, was burnt. They must remember that this this happened and is not a good thing and they must uh, uh, be better. He was saying to us that they have power because he also acknowledged that uh, what uh, happened in the violence in uh, in Ramaphosa settlement actually went around the world. It's a, now a global theme. And he says that they, they, their power can be used in a positive way to change actually the whole world. So power can be used in a positive way. Yeah. And Africa Awake are doing a series of events. This is the launch, as it were, of a whole bunch of interventions. And your attempts are to get people talking, to get people to engage and to power of changing mm. um, Romy this is the first of m- many probably possibly events Yes. and in terms of engagement what are you looking for well in terms of with the community you know we, we once again we want to go in a very sort of creative way we've got Grayscale who um, is a, a whole bunch of graffiti artists we're going to be doing it's very accessible for the youth so we'll be doing a whole lot of art workshops and very importantly a whole lot of dialogues we'll be bringing in Kululeko Saul in because as a local he's very inspiring his story his and story is amazing very I inspiring. remember at the time getting a, a lump in my throat thinking how fantastic it is for a fellow South African putting his own life at risk to, to exactly. save. Exactly. It was so special. Yes. And we need to get those to stories out, out there. there. You know, those are the important stories. They're also not always focusing on the negative, you know. We need to also look at the, the, positive. the positive that comes out and of the these things. And the outpouring. And certainly we don't have time now, but when you come back next time to talk about your next event, I mean, it'll be interesting to, to kind of focus on how that event kind of changed lives for so many people and probably Romy, yours as well. Definitely. So it remains one minute left to give details for the event on Thursday. Okay, wonderful. So it is next Thursday, the 31st of May, 
at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So no one should get stuck in any terrible traffic either way, going or coming. Clever. It is at 56 Pym Studio in Newtown. People can park very safely at the gorgeous brand new Newtown Junction Mall. And um, we've got Tony Glass um, doing delicious iced yeah. teas for us. We've got some biscuits coming from Morocco and some other fancy treats from the continent. So it should be a very special Heartwarming and a little bit sad event. Of course, the documentary is a little bit um, hard to watch. Um, However, it's important that we don't forget these things. So we invite you all to come and enjoy and share with us. Thank you. Thank you to Romy Peterson and Gabriel Lotus for coming in and good luck. And this will be the first of many encounters that we and discussions we're going to have throughout the year. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.